0: <laughs>
1: uh, uh. Oh, radio, radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mystery surrounds us. Mystery all around us. Mm-hmm.
2: Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host Rebecca Mears with my co-host Luca Halleck. And this week, joining us in studio is somebody that I just met just a few weeks ago, but we had connections through someone else who's a very long friend of mine. So we welcome into the studio, Cherie White. Hello. Hello. Thank (laughs)
3: you. I'm so excited to be here.
2: So Cherie is a social impact developer, and I'm actually going to pause just a minute to acknowledge that we are broadcasting from the top of Burnaby Mountain, uh, which is on unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Coquitlam, and the tsleil What that means to me is to take stock um, and remember that I am a visitor on this land, and I feel like our conversation today is actually going to roll into a lot of the restorative justice piece of that Mm -hmm. and that's why i popped over to do land acknowledgement for a section because um i think that by acknowledging the unceded territories is the acknowledgement that there needs to be some restorative justice absolutely yeah so sheree you call yourself a social impact developer what does that mean to you (laughs) i love that title
3: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, there's a couple of things that a social impact developer does, in my view, and there's a couple of things that they don't do. And that's what I think makes uh, people that have a mindset around social impact developing different from maybe a regular developer. Now, that's in no way to put down developers. I mean, they have had a bit of a negative connotation, you know, in the children's movies, like they're the one, they're the bad guy that's (laughs) about to take over the land and, you
0: know, get pave, rid of people pave paradise and put up a parking lot. Yeah, exactly. So when we talk about developers, we're talking about real estate. Developers. We're talking about real estate developers. Yes, yes. cuz yes. we can develop all cuz I'm in of the things. development field yes. developing people. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is which is great. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So we be specific. Yeah. Yes. yes.
3: So there's a couple of things that I think a social impactor, a social impact developer does. Number one, when we're looking for a new project, we're looking for barren land. We're looking for a way to increase the housing stock so that we can provide more housing for people um, that are, really need housing. Um, As a social impact developer, we also have a program, and we have a a rent-to-own program. So what it does is allows people to become homeowners through their normal rental piece. So what we've found is a lot of people, even at a, a reduced rate of rent, they will never become homeowners because they don't have... Uh, that a uh, skill to save up a down payment. It's the down payment piece that is uh, such a barrier for so many people that are hardworking, that uh, are able to afford a mortgage, but it's the down payment piece. And so when we go into a new project, we want to maximize those places for people to become homeowners because once you become a homeowner, you're not at risk anymore for losing your house to a rent eviction or something like that.
2: Right, which is a really piece of vulnerability here in Vancouver and that's why you and I connected because of a project that I'm spearheading that's related to that about reclaiming some of the um, big and unused homes that are sitting yeah. there empty or and awaiting you know families with vast incomes to come and rent them or <laughs> repurposing them with people that are collaborating together to pay the rent together yes. but then use those spaces for um, stabilization of their families oh, yeah. and not having to move out. And you saw this idea and you're like, ah, this is in alignment with what oh, I do. My yeah. yeah,
3: absolutely. So I didn't realize I don't have the answer to homelessness, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to do what I can in order to make a change with my life. And so um, we believe uh, our three core values at Kingdom Investments are um, family first, a family, a home and a job. Those are our three pieces. And we think that once you have family or a community, because we recognize that mental illness is definitely an issue for a lot of families like I actually have um, family that has mental illness um, so I totally get it but
2: I mean if you if you consider it just the illness piece right how many of us have relatives personally or friends that have had or you know either chronic or periodic severe illness it's there. Of so mental kind. illness, the same thing. You know, Absolutely. it really is. It's we, we. You know, this. This is the normalization of this piece. Is we all have these ups and downs. We all have these. Absolutely. Yeah. And
3: if you take, if you can imagine a stool, and you have those three pieces as uh, your legs, like a your family, a home, and a job, and you take away one of those pieces, I mean, the chair falls over, and so does our lives. I mean, imagine all the problems that when we have all those three p- p- pieces in place. Um, so if you take. Take one of those pieces away, like a home, for example, uh, life is very, very difficult. And so we recognize that at Kingdom Investments, and we want to do whatever we can as a social impact developer to um, take away the barriers so that people can have long-term um, supportive housing. When I say supportive, like I go back to the community piece because I think community is so important. I'm, I'm all about building community. And so when we build a new building, we're not building just bricks and mortar. We're building the community inside.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: what I've discovered a bit of a long hard way is that I can't build that community and build homes like I want to do everything I love (laughs) life but I I just can't do everything and so we partner with a nonprofit or with a church that really is good at building the community inside it doesn't mean that if you buy a place in that building you have to be a part of this community it's just that you know knowing your neighbor is a really good idea for so many reasons and so um, that's one of the things that a social impact developer does is we care about the Inside, as much as we do the outside,
2: we. Oh, this just makes my heart sing. It's, I <laughs> mean, if you think about it, like even as you started, the whole idea of the the vast what a developer real estate developer means to the to majority of people right people who mm. are maybe predatory or it's the ultimate of capitalism right yes the, the yes well said. using the backs of the working poor or ignoring them and going yes. only for the wealthy to fund the projects and just increase wealth increase wealth increase Absolutely. wealth right Absolutely. and yet what you are doing is you're entering into that arena. Yeah, <laughs> but you are saying Whoa. yeah, exactly. I love that. So that's the power move right there. But you're Wrong. you're doing it with the no. You know what? We're coming in here, and we're going to do this in a way that is honoring of yes. what we're doing with the physical space, what we're doing in terms of the families that will enter into that space, yeah. and having all of those pieces in mind. And I say. More power to you, we need more of you to mm. take up more space, right, in this arena.
3: There is a developer in Coquitlam, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, who did this, that he had a rent-to-own program, and he had five units, five, and 500 people applied. Like, the wow. demand is yeah. huge out there, and I couldn't agree with you more that we absolutely need more uh, of this. Um And so I was just going to say the thing, uh, what I wanted to say is that we don't displace people. We're not looking to find a a land assembly of a bunch of (laughs) houses where renters are there already and then kick them out so that we can make, as you've just said, um, millions and millions of dollars and make our bank accounts fat. That's not what we're about. Sometimes these things kind of happen, we don't really, it's not our number one, we want barren land first of all, Mm -hmm. but sometimes if we do, then we're the developer that looks for rundown empty buildings. Mm-hmm. We'll renovate them and then offer people a place to go while we are developing that land right. if right. if that's how it goes. And then from there they can move back in or they can just live there or they can, you know, mm-hmm. not take that place. But at least we want to give people
2: options because right. we're
3: about people first and foremost.
2: Yeah, and options is the is the key word there, right? Yeah. Rather than the the taking <laughs> away of options. But how how did you get into this?
3: Oh. Well, you know, I just woke up one day and decided <laughs> <this is laughs> what I was going to do. Um, no, I actually uh, live in the downtown east side. I intentionally um, moved into the downtown east side as part of a um, the Salvation Army 614 community group, and we really wanted to build community with people um, in that community already there. We just think that they're amazing, interesting people. And so we opened up our home. We moved in. Uh, We said, come on in, let's share life together, let's share dinner together, let's go to baseball games together and swimming lessons like normal people do. Um, And so I found that there was, through those relationships, a lot of people would want to go into detox. Like, we never forced anyone, but they would say... I'm sure you know what, I think that I, I'm ready to leave this addictive lifestyle. Can you help me with that? And so we would walk with them. Which is
0: huge, right? To oh. get,
3: it's for them to even get to that to place. Even to get is, to that stage. And to ask. To ask to and ask have ask the courage to want uh, to change. Mm-hmm. For me, is hugely inspiring. Like, yeah. it's yeah. that's where my inspiration comes from. And so. Um, I said, absolutely, let's walk together with this. You don't have to do this alone. And so we would see them go from detox centers um, to um, recovery centers for about three months. And then from there, they could get into long-term housing for about like transitional two years and then they put their names on the bc housing list for long-term housing and then there was a big cliff and exactly yeah right and then so we'd be walking around a neighborhood you know talking to people getting groceries whatever and we would see them back in the alleys where we first met two three years later and this broke my heart like Mm. i couldn't handle this anymore and so i just got angry And I was like, this isn't right. This is worse to take someone into your home, invite Mm. them into your family, only to see them even more broken two or three years later.
2: Yeah. Where the system is so fundamentally flawed that they they're doing their part of the work.
3: Absolutely. And then the Mm -hmm. part
2: where they're supposed to be met with because when you're entering into social housing or, you know, low, low, I want to call it low grade and I don't I want that not to mean low quality, low, Absolutely.
3: like when I say that, I,
2: I yeah. mean like uh, low barrier maybe is the better word I, uh, yeah, to use. Yeah, that's a better term. So yeah. um, less less money required. It can be simple housing, but still, you know, nurturing for the body and the soul, safe, bottom line, mm-hmm. safe and stable. But the, they can't create that for themselves. Like you're not, b- people who are doing that full-time job of recovering from addiction for rebuilding their life yep. are not even you know they're not gonna go actually many of them do try to build their own places and these are the homeless camps right these yeah. are the 10 cities that we have yeah. but that's not functional and we try to tear no. them down but we're not giving them another, a real another option, option. Yeah, yes absolutely. yeah absolutely. so you got mad yep. and you got busy and I got real busy
3: <laughs> real quick <laughs> I created my own business called Kingdom Investments in a very cold basement <laughs> where a lot of very interesting social um, entrepreneurial businesses begin it's in, I've heard either in garages or basements apparently yes. this is or where it is. or yeah. something yeah. like that yeah. um, so
2: forged in despair desperation and limited means and <laughs> absolutely.
3: Passion. And passion. And passion absolutely and passion absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. <laughs> So I started this business, and I came from the Salvation Army where there's a lot of donation mindset, but I thought, what if, for me that's the key, is when we start to ask what if, we are pushing the, reg- the norm, we're pushing that box, we're not accepting what is when we ask what if. And so I, asked, I thought to myself, what if we didn't do it through donations, but we did it through investments? What if I was able to find investors that were interested in purchasing homes and they got a great return on their uh, investment And at the same time, we could find homes for people. And then what if I discovered this thing in real estate called equity? I had no (laughs) idea. Like, I just totally educated myself and went to seminars and got a hold of networks. I did everything. And there's this thing called equity, which I think is complete magic. That the idea that if you just sit on your property and live your life, that five, ten years later, it's worth all this extra. (laughs) I was like, that's amazing. Well, what do we do with that extra? So we start asking myself these questions like, I got an idea. What if we take that extra... And we use and refinance and use it as a down payment for someone else to have another home, and then we just keep mushering and mushering, mushering,
2: mushering. I like that word. Let's make <laughs> that word right now.
3: Yes, mushering,
2: magnifying, <laughs> growing, Let's reinvesting. Right? It's the mul- It's the mulching. And I so, think- the- mushering can be the thing.
3: Yes. <laughs> and because I had absolutely no money when I started, just passion and purpose absolutely no money cuz i've been working for the salvation army um without a paycheck
2: yes, so salvation army and all nonprofits are not generally known for making their hard working volunteers and employees well, uh, nothing wealthy. against the
3: salvation <laughs> army let me like no 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 lo- i'm just loving, saying
2: that in terms them. of the nonprofits yes. i'm just saying this is not the where that's not where Mm-mm. you go to Mm-mm. get you know, financially lucrative salaries. But different, <laughs> yeah.
0: but different purpose to them, right? Agreed. They, yeah. Like it's a different skill set that they use. Yes. Right? In that environment, which is, I think, more about helping people in the right here and now. Absolutely. Get through from today so to needed. tomorrow. Yes. Not yeah. so much what's happening with them long
3: term. Long term. And that was a piece that was missing. Yeah. So, since I had no money, Mm -hmm. I figured I need to, I talked to a couple of people in real estate and I need to find money. Well, how am I going to do that? And so I was talking to a mortgage broker one day and they said, well, you should start fixing and flipping homes. I said okay, and so that's what I did. I started. Uh, I purchased my first home on January third, two thousand sixteen, and I flipped it. That's and, not
2: that long ago. And no, no, wow.
3: no, yeah. And I, because of the market, I made like right. sixty grand on my first flip. Like it, I didn't do anything like extraordinary. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't. Uh, fixed it up. I fixed it up, and people bought it because of the market. So, mm-hmm. I used that to purchase my second one and flip that and kept going now mm-hmm. after two years I didn't purchase that many long-term housing but man was that a lot of work mm-hmm. I knew I could project manage I could and I started to hire people that were in recovery mm-hmm. that had a year so over so I created another company called kingdom renovations because mm-hmm. I was flipping homes at two a month Wow I was like I did 25 in About two years, like it was absolutely insane, and so I needed a company that could keep up with me, and (laughs) so I created my own. I made one, and they were great guys, women, and and men. And I still have that company today. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, so I made the profits, and I bought long-term housing. And I thought after about two years of this, I said, "I'm exhausted. What if I can do the same skill set?" on a 60-unit multifamily building, which is what my heart is all about anyhow, about finding people homes. Why don't we do that? So I did. So I created a development team, and um, a kudos to Troy Grant, who is my project manager for my development team with uh, Sierra Lane. Uh, construction in Edmonton. And uh, he is stellar uh, guy with tons of experience because that's what I needed. I didn't have any experience. I remember my first um, conversation with a church that was looking to develop their parking lot. And I was like, that's so cool. Let's do that. And he said, and so how many developments have you done, straight? And I just went, none. You'd be my first. And the look on his face, it was just like went from hope to despair in like <laughs> two seconds. It was like, oh. Well, that's nice. And we kept on talking. And I knew in that moment there was no way this guy is ever going to hire me as a developer. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, sure. You don't have experience. Go get experience. And so I found experience. And I absolutely love my development team and how we've been working together since the beginning of January um, to get some developments off the ground.
2: So this is brand new territory.
3: (laughs) It is. For me, it is. It's a learning curve. It feels like starting over again. um.
2: Which does not sound like that's a precarious position for you. That sounds like the position of potential, Mm. of all your engines are turned on and Mm. firing at maximum capacity because it's (laughs) like... That's your zone, isn't it?
3: Okay, so I also hired a business consultant, and and Lisa, and she said, Sheree, slow and steady (laughs) wins the race. This is our (laughs) new motto, Sheree, as your business consultant. So yes, I think that I thrive in the quick phone calls and the what's going on next and things like that. And I... Having that skill set in order to be able to think quickly is mm-hmm. it's great. But at the same time, I am learning about slowing down and thinking things through and making sure that I don't make wrong decisions. Well, it sounds
2: like you're surrounding yourself with a team that also has your back with more yeah. experience and Absolutely. wisdom.
3: Absolutely. I'm <coughs> constantly talking to Troy, and he said, Shree, that's a really bad idea. <laughs> <that."> <laughs> or, Shree, let's do that. That's brilliant. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. What an adventure.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> it feels like you brought a mindset to this that you've had your whole life. Like mm. it, it it's like this was born out of your way of looking at the world. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't just develop this way of looking at the world. No. Like, I my my sense is that if I had met you when you were five, you would have had this. <laughs>
3: I think so. You I... would
0: have like redeveloped your whole kindergarten.
3: <laughs> I, I think you're Mm-hmm. right. And I would have said, "Okay, you
0: over there." I probably did. Yeah, you yeah. over there,
3: and you do that, and you do that, and then we'll do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's just pretend,
3: <laughs> right? Absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure I did. Um, yes. Like yeah.
0: you, you might have driven the Red Cross <laughs> slightly crazy. Or <laughs> Salvation Army. Yeah. I mean, the Salvation Army is slightly crazy it, because because. You you would have been wanting to change things.
3: Well, I think that it's from a strong social justice background that Mm. in my home, my dad really talked a lot about social justice. And I've always thought, you know, why why do I get a home and you don't get a home? Why is it that I happen to get born into a family that, you know, really cared about one another and taught me what family looked like? But Grace didn't. Gracie was born into a First Nations home where there was a lot of abuse and there was a lot of alcohol and she was never never told that she was good, you know? And, And that just didn't seem fair. And so one of my passions is I say, I talk about the redistribution of wealth. And I think that there should be something of that somehow. And if we
0: can do it through real estate, it's one way to Come do on. it. I and mean, where everybody wins. So for, yes. for those of you just joining us, we're talking to Cherie White, who is a self-called, self-named social impact developer. Um, and, and we're finding out about how she got to this place and what being a social impact developer is really all about. And I'm hearing a subtext in there of win-win. This all oh. has to be...
1: Win win. It's not Absolutely. like
0: re- dis- redistribution of the wealth à uh, la Robin Hood, where you take away from the rich to give to the poor. It's more like helping the rich to figure out how to get more yes. rich so yes. that they can share it with the poor.
2: Well, and I, and I think there is an element of the Robin Hood as well too, where if she's in there in the playing field and she can take something and repurpose it, where it becomes more distributed. I mean, the oh, overall sure. impact yeah. is probably going to be that maybe the the wealthy will not be quite you know they didn't get that one opportunity yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah but i but gonna. i'm also hearing and and maybe you can speak to this that the, this idea of n- it's not just those wealthy people out there mm-hmm. it's more like what does everybody have that's wealth mm. that can be put into this pot? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't wealthy when you no started money. doing this. <laughs> like no, no. But money. you said okay. Let <laughs> so how do I how do I create some equity? Like what? How, how do, do I, how do, I do that? Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and that wasn't. That's not taking it away from anybody.
3: Nope. It's, uh, it, 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 everyone, Anyone can right? get that, but they do not have the skill set in order to figure out how to yeah. get that.
2: Or the yeah. privilege points, right? And so really yes. you were entering into it with yes. whatever the, that's the skill set, privilege, and uh, opportunities, etc. that you had that were available to you mm. to then leverage this greater cause Absolutely. where mm-hmm. it was obvious that, uh, you know, not everybody gets... To have a seat at this table no. but we you know there's that saying don't make you know, don't build the wall your fence higher if you don't have enough seats at the table make a bigger table right. you're trying to make a bigger table yeah Absolutely. you're
0: trying to make a bigger yeah. table and a more equitable table so more people can come and sit at it yes
2: i feel like it's time for us to play your song that you requested for today because i can see the title of it and i feel like this is rolling into the fuel for all of this. So I see that it is, it's called Trust in You by Lauren Daigle. Mm-hmm. Would you like to tell us before or after why you chose this song?
3: Um, maybe before because I might be an emotional mess <laughs> after listening to it. Um, I'm a big dreamer. I'm a big, th- I'm a big thinker, but also am able to put the little dots together as well, which I've learned is a bit of a skill set. And so <laughs> I want things to happen in my timing, And the idea of uh, not having that happen, and I am a woman of faith, and I do believe in someone bigger than myself, and to trust in someone else that he has the best at heart for me and my life and where things are going is not easy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this, I think Lauren, um, I know she wrote this song at a time when her grandfather was dying of cancer. And I can hear through the words that she wanted her grandfather to live forever because she had such a great relationship with him. And there are times where I want that deal to come together right now because people need housing Mm. and it doesn't always happen that way. Right. And so uh, this song has so much meaning to me because I'm trusting in someone that has a grandier vision than even me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which some people would say, Cherie, I don't know if that's possible. But, <laughs> um, and so that's who I choose to, to trust in.
2: Beautiful. All right, let's take a listen to Lauren Daigle, Trust in You. And we'll be back in the studio with Cherie in just a few minutes. here on Burnaby Mountain. We are uh, Luca and Rebecca with Essential Conversations, and our guest today is Cherie White, social impact developer. And we just listened to her first song choice, which was Lauren Daigle's Trust in You, which was a reflection on taking that space and hooking into that uh, that thing, that being, whatever is beyond us that has that vision that is greater than what we're able to access in our mm-hmm. Human bodies and human minds, mm-hmm. and uh, trusting in that mm-hmm. that guidance that will put mm-hmm. things together, even though we feel like we should be able to put this together. Like I can fit this, I really can fit this. I understand this very deeply. I feel what you've been describing about your process with all of this. It echoes with my life. <laughs> There's a reason why we're getting along. Right now, it's for sure. Yeah. So. I'm curious to hear what have been um, perhaps uh, one or two notable, like really awesome success stories or or Mm. impact stories that you've got to tell or or challenges that have really helped you learn a lot.
3: Sure, absolutely. Um, I'll never forget the very first time uh, that Margie found her forever home. The very first time that I could look her in the eyes and say, when she told me she had nowhere to go after her two years at the Salvation Army Grace Mansion, um, I was able to look at her and say, don't worry about it, Margie. What if I bought you a condo and you would never have to leave as long as you paid rent? And she just was like, okay, I'll do that. And she did that. And Mm -hmm. she moved, she was the very first woman that moved into a place where she's still there today. And that very first meeting with my real estate agent and Margie that was checking out her forever home will be a moment that I would describe as success. Mm. I mean, she walked around in this beautifully renovated home and she just had no words except for yes! (laughs) She walked into the master bedroom and said, yes! She saw the washer and dryer as like, my own washer and dryer. And she said, yes! (laughs) But that's all she could say. Mm -hmm. And that moment between my agent and I, as we were beaming from ear to ear, that all the work that I had put in, all that dream of her knowing, me knowing that she's not going to get displaced, that moment where it all came together for margie was like the biggest best moment it was worth all those times of the renovations where things didn't pan out and we had all the complications but margie has and has Mm -hmm. two years later Mm -hmm. three years later her forever home Mm -hmm. and she's still there so that was what it was all worth. This is from and that's story.
2: what it's about. Like that one mm-hmm. story is basically the story. This is the story you want to see. Again out. and again exactly. and again,
3: but I want to do it not just for Margie. I want to do it for Margie and Sue and Dan and, and Albert and, and <laughs> oh, yeah. everybody else. Yeah. So that yeah. that was the super cool moment that um, both Randy and I will never ever forget of Margie seeing her first place. Um, one of my greatest strengths is all often our greatest weakness, and I trust people a lot, and mm-hmm. I would rather trust people and get burnt than. Not trust people that's kind of where I've decided in life and so um, yeah I trusted someone to come into my business and uh, look after my business and that didn't work out very well like I trusted him a lot and I've learned to uh, listen to your gut if you Mm -hmm. will so I hired him on Tuesday by Friday I was reaching out to my construction team who I did trust and said what do you think about this guy? <laughs> like he's just like too good to be true. Like, and uh, they they said, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure it's just nothing, right? And I kept on telling myself it's it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing, and uh, it was something, right? And, and it just it didn't turn out well, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah. But the learning curve in being careful as to who you trust and who you bring into your dreams is. Um, was unfortunately a really hard learning curve for me.
2: Yeah, I hear that too. I think all of us go through that in one way or another. Sometimes we get so burned when we're very young that it then becomes the challenge is reversed, right, to actually trust.
0: Yes, and And to trust with discernment, right? Yes. Because discernment is different than expecting the worst. Yes. Right?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah and and yes. and boundary trust is great too, because yeah. the thing is that when when somebody will be worthy of the trust, they will be fine with boundaries mm-hmm. and right. and that will work out but but that gut feeling oh man and and but, I and know mean, you it
3: wasn't that I didn't do due diligence no. I looked out mm-hmm. for references mm-hmm. I looked yeah. he had articles like online and yeah. it looked it good. looks right but yeah all the way along something. Wasn't right. Yeah, yeah, I hear and you. And so it didn't that. turn
2: out. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. a huge learning. So curve. that was a learning curve. Yeah. I have absolutely. the gr-
3: the best people on my team now. So yeah. I'm really <laughs> happy awesome. to report that. Yeah. We're doing good now. Teams
2: mm-hmm. make such a difference. So talk about that because you're you you started Kingdom Investments, which is the actual uh, body that that does the, the buying the, the uh, and the flipping of the houses, mm. and making these houses available the rent to own uh, setup. That you're that you're looking to do, but it's the renovation team, Kingdom Ren- Renovations, that yes. does the renovations yes, that you bring do. in and, and to fix yep. up the houses. Um, y- you've talked about how the buildings that you make. You care not only about the outside or, you you know, the the fabric of the buildings, mm-hmm. you could call it, too, but what's going to happen inside the community that is fostered in that. You are also creating community through your work if you're building a team. Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely. Yeah,
2: and uh, this hasn't, we haven't talked about this yet, but, you know, your home life is also an experiment, and it sounds like a successful <laughs> experiment in in creative family and community etc could you maybe speak to that a bit
3: Sure so when someone is being hired for kingdom renovations we are very clear in that re- in that interview that this is not a company where you're just going to get a paycheck at the end of the week that this is a community and that means that sometimes we may go away for a weekend and do some business community building it it may mean it means that we have our 15 minute uh, daily huddles at the beginning of the work day It means that we have our eight core values and one of them is that we care about each other so we will go pick up someone from the ferry because they're coming back from visiting a family member like we'll go out of our way that maybe most bosses wouldn't do so we do our best to create a community amongst the workers we think that's huge especially when you're on a team on on the job because it's so great when one guy just knows when the next guy is like a dance you know Mm -hmm is going to come in you know when it's his turn to do the painting because they've just done the baseboards or whatever right so Mm -hmm. that is um a a huge advantage and that takes time that takes time Mm -hmm. um yes i live in a community house in the downtown east side um I got to a point where I wasn't a homeowner and my four kids were getting bigger and bigger and they needed more space. So we moved out of the co-op that we were living there. And um, I started just, um, I would say I was prayer whacking and I found three (laughs) houses. (laughs) I love it. And they seemed like neon red to me in my head, hmm. and they weren't for sale. They weren't on the market, and I just put in uh, a letter, dropped a letter <laughs> into each one of them, and within two weeks, two said, "I'll sell to you." Two out of the three, I what? said, "I'll sell to you." Wow! Yeah, it was kind of crazy. And so then we started a pursuit. Again, no money. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is how all yes great <laughs> dreams start. <laughs> this is with no money. And uh, so we started a, a three-year process of purchasing the home that we are in now. It's a nine-bedroom, um, renovated character home in the Strathcona um, area. And we are right across from um, Pigeon... Oh, no, we're, not. we're right across from Oppenheimer Park. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in my... Intro, I actually do live between a brothel and a, and a chicken factory. That's that's actually <laughs> true. Um, and we have some really great neighbors, and we share our home. Um, every bedroom has two people in it. Like, it's right. kind of a, you have to share your bedroom. Yeah. Nobody gets... But that's it. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. one of those weird kind of, like, community homes where, like, husbands and wives still stay together.
0: Like, it's not, we're we're not
3: sharing husbands and wives. It's not that type of community. But uh, There's
0: limits to the sharing. There is
3: absolute Mm -hmm. limits. But, Yeah. uh, yeah, we share the cooking. Uh, which is the best part, I think, of community living because I yeah. hate to cook. <laughs> so I only have to cook once a week, and all the other nights I just show up and dinner is on the table at 6 o'clock. It's, like, brilliant. <laughs> uh, my older kids are um, 13, 15, 17, and 19, and they take care of the little kids. We have 2-year-olds uh, and 4-year-olds wow. in the house, and so they take the responsibility of childcare care and uh, raising those children. One of my daughter was at the birth, of, wow. the, of those
2: kids, what a gift! Oh it my was gosh. huge.
3: It was huge that she got to see these kids come into the world. Um, mm. And we, there are uh, three languages spoken in the home. Oh, beautiful! Um, so the education level is amazing, and so it's interesting. Some of the sentences are really interesting <laughs> because they come out in three. the One word is Spanish, one is French, and the other one is English. And I love so, it. Um, And then, yeah, we have a little garden plot in the back, and right now we're all fixing up the garden and working together and doing that. Now, don't let me paint a romantic uh, picture of community that we have figured it all out. Community
2: is messy. Oh,
3: it is so messy. messy. And there are arguments, and people will... You can imagine, like, people that are passionate (laughs) within the home that will fight tooth and nail. But at the same time, in the end, we try to figure stuff
2: well, again, the idea of restorative justice. Yes. It's not just about the big stuff, it's also about interpersonal stuff.
3: Yeah, and who's doing the dishes?
2: Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Or and, and, and or Or in, yeah. my, in my home, who's keeping the dishes in the basement and what do we need to do so this doesn't happen anymore?
3: <laughs> right! Mm-hmm. I'm thinking my daughter 17, all the dishes in her room. Yes, yes. exactly. This
2: seems to be a 17-year-old quality. Um, anyways, yeah, so the idea of you know no it's not easy it's it's not easy to to um to pitch to people who are oriented around making money yeah to to expand their conscience although we are being we are in a like crisis point now where we must we must take that seriously Mm -hmm. and start thinking about the rest of the world or you're going to be alone here with your mansions bye-bye everybody else have fun yeah (laughs) <laughs> while the world burns around you. Yeah. You know, like, we are to this point where this is, this must be the way through.
3: Absolutely. Like, blo- globally, mm-hmm. I think that people have a better understanding of community because they don't have money, and so they have to rely on each other in order for survival. Whereas in the West, I think that we have so much money and privilege that we think that we are somewhat less in order to, that we have to rely on someone. It's a valuing of
0: independence, right? Yes. And and when when, when you're supposed to be independent, Yes. Then it feels like you're letting the side down if you rely on anybody. Right. Exactly. Right? And, and but but it's like it's we got to shift the yeah. the 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 weighting of those values, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean w a i t with the other kind of weighting of values. Yeah. yeah. Um, to change what what do you think the difference has been for your kids growing up the way mm. they are in this environment as opposed to maybe even how you grew up.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like... (laughs) We were told never to go to that part of town, right, where
0: (laughs) we we now... because it was dangerous. Oh, yeah, and people
3: are like, what, you're raising your kids in the downtown east side? My husband's response often is, you let your kids go to the mall?
2: Like Seriously, really, (laughs) like reality check here. Exactly. Exactly.
3: Mm -hmm. I mean, at least in the downtown east side, everything is up front, and Mm -hmm. they see the drugs. They see how this can ruin your life. Like, there is no sugarcoating around... Um, that woman that's sitting that on, standing on the corner, um, there's there's nothing. Whereas in a mall, I mean, it's so underneath the carpet
2: and and antiseptic. It's all illusion, right. and it's such an appealing illusion, yes. and we want to play into that illusion. And so when we're dealing with raw reality, there's not really anywhere farther to fall. Like you you're you're looking at it in the face, and from there you can build. Real Absolutely. solutions mm-hmm. and but build mall, real relationships. You're,
3: you're seen as a consumer, right? Yeah. The yeah. moment that you don't play within that game. My husband took the youth group once at uh, Christmas, and they did a slow walk through the mall. <laughs> and they all joined along, and counterculturally, during Christmas, they slow walked. <laughs> and the uh, security guys got angry because they weren't there to buy they were there to walk slowly and like okay my husband hates malls and so the security (laughs) guy comes up in his face and is yelling and screaming and swearing at my husband in his face in the mall and says, if you don't get out of here right now, I'm banning you from Metrotown for your entire life. And Aaron's thinking, oh no. Really? You're going to ban me? It's because okay. we're seen as consumers and yeah. we are, they are happy to help
0: us if we're willing to spend money in their stores, yeah. but the and and moment it's a tr- we don't, if tremendous you wanna- amount of real estate really for one purpose. Yeah, which is to consume things. There's nothing else you can do. So, in
2: I'd just like to make a a reflection while you were talking about your home space and yeah. what is happening in your home space mm. garden families together, yep. um, shared bedrooms, but that's, I mean, it's two people in a bedroom. We're not talking five people in a nope. bedroom. So this nope. is okay. just, you know, yep. husband and wife, a couple of brothers, sisters, whatever, you yep. know, staying in, in their rooms together. Yep. Um, but also large character homes, I, you know, they've got unique little nooks and crannies, lots they of spaces do. to explore they and do, yeah. be in. This this home space and what's happening at home sounds like such a rooted and grounded, quite literally into the dirt part of your life that is such a beautiful mm. counterpoint to your head in the clouds and reaching for the stars. <laughs> you know, yeah. with those yeah. big developments. And what a wonderful anchoring that must oh. be for you. It's
3: so wonderful when I walk in my home and Noah, my 14-year-old, is standing at the top of the stairs and just hugs me and is like, welcome home, mom. You know, <laughs> like There's nothing really more beautiful than at the end of a long day when nothing is going The way I wanted the development world, and we're frustrated because that property didn't close on the date we wanted to. And you know, in my mind, I'm thinking people aren't going to get homes and all this stuff just to walk in. And Noah is the one at the the top of the stairs that just. Hugs me and mm-hmm. says, Welcome home, Mama. It's 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 absolutely grounding and beautiful. And we have a an open table. Like we ha- invite people from the neighborhood to come and share meals with us. And mm-hmm. but we also, you know, we're uh, we're not the type of people that go down to Maine and Hastings, just grab some stranger off the the street and, and says, Come into my house. Like we, we're moms and dads. We're we're protective bears of our kids. Like and so we do everything to make sure that they're safe. So we have some rules like if you're coming over, you can come over for a meal you can play games at the table that's fine you are not permitted in any bedrooms at any time <laughs> like that's just unless you live here yeah. you cannot be that's in the a
2: really great boundary so we
3: have mm-hmm. all sorts of like boundaries and mm-hmm. rules that are helped
2: and it also mm-hmm. helps for uh, in such a shared space to have that uh privacy Oh yeah. And 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 again, it is all boundaries. I've got a similar rule just for myself for my room in my home. My home yeah. is like there's so many people in and out at all the time. Yes. My room don't even <laughs> like that's like nope. my space. Yep, <laughs> We're not exactly. Nope, not not yeah. for not for public consumption or <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or anybody else to share. Like no, nah, it's my space. No, that is your space. Um, I do have one more song queued up, and I feel like now would be a good time to pop over to it. Now this was a song chosen by intuition because because you said songs are not really your your zone, uh, but I had YouTube popped open, and then uh, this group and this song was. Sitting right there, and I thought, okay, let's let's do this. So we've got, okay, goes, this too shall pass. So this might be new for you, Cherie, but um, I'm familiar with this song. And I'm um, not; it's new for me too. I feel like this it fits a theme for what we're talking about today, especially in light of the first song that was played, mm-hmm. which is the the rooting into um, as bad as it may feel, this is going to change. Mm-hmm. Everything will change. Mm-hmm. It is not going to be stuck in this moment, this hard, cruxy kind of moment forever. Yep. And this too shall pass. Anyway, so let's take a listen to this and then we will rejoin Cherie uh, here in the studio in just a few minutes. You're listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. And our guest here today is Cherie White, social impact developer. And we just listened to OK Goes, This Too Shall Pass. And we've just got a few minutes left, and I want to make sure that we kind of check in. So, Cherie, what's coming up next for you?
3: Yeah, well, the d- development in Victoria is a huge project that we're looking at. It's 113 units with seven townhouses on the front, and the rest are condos um, in the Saanich area in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the things that is a bit of a challenge is moving from sandbox to sandbox. So flipping homes and finding investors for the flipping side and and buying a condo, I've discovered a lot of people have access to those means in order to purchase a condo um, and get a great return on their investment. One of the bigger challenges is finding um, people with big hearts and big pockets. And so we are looking right now uh, for people to, we have a great opportunity for uh, people to invest on this new project in Victoria. Um, and so if you uh, are someone that is out there and listening and you want to be a part of this um, really amazing team that wants to make a difference in this world and you have big pockets then I would love to have a further conversation with you but that's really what's next Um, I really want to settle down into the development field and focus on that for a while and um, really get good at that that's really what I want to do
2: amazing I'm tweeting out some links as we do this, so anybody who'd like to connect in with Sheree, uh, uh, you can come and find some of the contact information at, at, on our Twitter account, which is at uh, essential conv. That's spelled essence t i a l c o n v. Um,
0: and I'm and I'm wondering about if people have um, more shallow pockets, but yes. they have something to invest. Yes are they Are they still? Um, people you'd like to have at the party. Absolutely. Um, like a, a, yeah. maybe a handful of them instead of one person with deep pockets. Sure, absolutely. Yes, we definitely invite them.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that the people with bigger pockets get bigger returns um, yeah. on their investments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we say a minimum of uh, $10,000 if you want to invest. But, yes, we have investment pools that we... Um, a limited liability company that we pool people's resources so that we can make big changes in other people's lives
0: fantastic okay because i that's if i were listening to the show that's a question i would yeah absolutely yes yes yeah 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 um so uh you're looking for investors anything else you're looking for at, at this point um connections
3: Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited to have met Rebecca um, and her model in how she's what she's trying to do in mm-hmm. to end homelessness. Um, so those smaller investments is something that we're talking about in the sense of purchasing detached homes in mm-hmm. Vancouver. So a smaller scale of what mm-hmm. I want to do and uh, hopefully continue to use that equity piece in order to keep buying homes in Vancouver. So... Yeah and we know what
0: the values are that you're building all of that on mm-hmm. so it all it all comes together and makes that big overall picture
2: absolutely cool
0: i think when us
2: I want to say crazy, but we're crazy in the important crazy way where we're asking the questions, what if? Yeah, And we're just, we're not willing to just look within the lines or do things the way that they're usually done. That's right. Um, But instead looking at the needs and where the gap is and then getting creative with filling in that gap and when those of us who have our own sort of spin, you know, early on in the show you mentioned, you know, it's not like you've got within your power to end all of homelessness, but you've got you're York doing piece. what you can yep. with what you've got. Yep. And all of us who are doing that, If we, when we yes. connect together, okay. we become a force to be reckoned oh, with. Oh, man. So I say watch out. And it's,
0: <laughs> and it's what if in a positive way, right? Because oh, yeah. so we oh, often yeah. use what if as a, yeah. well, I better put a contingency plan in place here because something could go terribly wrong. Right. But if we take that and turn it on its head and say what if for all the big these big ideas. Yes. Um, and then, as you said, connect the little dots and start making this happen in whatever way we have within our own power. There's, we, this is how we change the world.
3: I, I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So t- uh, really, I think, really, really exciting. So I'm off to Toronto next week for mm. the um, uh, National Campus and Community Radio Association Conference, annual conference. So I'm looking really looking forward to that. And what have you got coming up, Rebecca?
2: Um, more of the Blossom Co Housing project. So really, uh, conversations with people like Cherie, uh about uh, and other landlords that are interested in uh, taking on. Uh, some of the people that are waiting in the rings. Wings. Mm. The rings. Woo!
0: We got rings and rings of people. Well, and in a way, it is a ring, right? Yeah. A community is a ring. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've got an opening in it for more people to come in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. We're ready to go. Yeah. We've got people who are ready to go into the houses. And so we're just, we're making the connections with houses and landlords yeah. right now. Yeah. So. Fantastic. So,
0: and there's still room there. Oh, God. There will be. More people to it's, participate it's ongoing. Never right? ending. <laughs> you know, yeah.
2: This, yeah. the need is there. We'll just continue as we are able with what's yeah. in our hands. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Good. Absolutely
0: Fantastic. So, until next time.
2: I wonder what's around the corner.
0: Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahallux.com.
2: I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at CatchingFire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. happy,
0: happy, 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 happy,
1: happy, happy. Boing, 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 boing. boing, boing. Eep, eep.